All right, let's get into personal mastery. Today, Tepisoma Denji, Dr. Tepisoma Denji joins us. We're talking about uh, the issue of uh, mental health in the context of uh, black families and our parents. I mean, do they undermine mental health in their kids? Hmm. And what does that discussion, uh, you know, mean? What does it touch on? Let's get uh, the good doctor in. Good morning. Good morning, family. It's so nice to speak to you guys. Hi, Doc. I love it when you say that, Doc, because it, I know it comes from a, a very, very good place. Mm. And, you know, it just makes me feel very good. And I know it does the same for Pearl and <laughs> Owen as well. We love yeah. speaking to you, too. Ah, thank you so much. My cheeks are smiling. They're even hurting right now. <laughs> 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 and then there's the small Anana issue of the humor, but we'll talk about that some other time. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, here we are. Um, and I suppose maybe, I mean, I'm a black parent too. Um, I may easily be touched by this, but I think perhaps it's about those who raised us, mm. you know. Um, have they always taken mental health issues in us as children um, seriously? Is it happening today? What are we seeing, Doc, and what do we mean by this? We are referring to the stigma that we as black people, black parents, but actually it's not just black people only, it's across the body, irrespective mm. of race, irrespective of culture, but also irrespective of socioeconomic status, because we tend to think that only certain people will struggle with mental illness or mental health issues. There's a stigma that is associated to not being okay with regard to mental, psychological and emotional health. And as a result, the discomfort that goes with it, the judgment that mm-hmm. goes with it, it makes it very difficult for people to admit that they're having challenges, let alone for children to be able to be comfortable with the fact that they are not okay, they are not coping, or even to listen to their parents speaking about their level of distress and coping. And you might find that the parents, when they're speaking about it, they tend to make it much more humorous, trying to just lift up the mood and not make it as deep as it is, mm-hmm. or they actually end up using language that's very harmful, that is very harmful and that should prejudice ignorance and even bias against mental health and against the child. Mm. I, I mean, I mean, sorry, Paul, there, there was a very <laughs> hilarious meme, Doc, that was doing the rounds a couple of months ago mm-hmm. of um, uh, an, uh, an old lady, Umama, Umtandazo, you know, and all of that. And all the memes were relating to how you know, she just wasn't taking mental health issues seriously. Um, you know, all of those things. And, and we laugh about yeah. it. But these are the things that we grew up being told and hearing about mm. from our parents. Look, there's even worse things than just having the memes. There's the idea that if Rufus baby fella are an enema, it will cure yeah. you. If you need a, you just need a hiding as a child to <laughs> snap out of it, yeah. or that you need to go to the mountains. You know, you need to be initiated because uh. then you will know what it's really like to to go through life and through different uh, rites of passage and challenges. Mm. But some of us also like to call it a stage, like you know, no mm. stage. And what I found, and I and I need to to say this uh, a bit more slowly, that we are aware as parents as well that the more we open opportunities to our children, there seems to be certain things that they hang on to. That it seems like if our teenager within their group, uh, within their peer group, they must have a dentist, they must have a psychiatrist, mm-hmm. they must have some kind of traumatic thing. So we might want to minimize it and say, oh, it's, live on. it's like it's fashionable to say there's mm-hmm. a mental health issue or to have a psychologist or to be on medication because it seems, uh, and I've heard parents and teenagers saying this, 
that it seems like it is fashionable to be attached and associated to something that is happening around you that is negative that suggests mental health issues so that you can talk about your coming up story. So somebody needs some kind of traumatic story. And as a result, it makes us desensitized as parents to even pay attention to the fact that, no, it's not just something about fashionable or that it's a nice thing to say I have a psychologist. There may be something deeper to it and it's important to just pause and reflect a bit more. Doctor, I find that there's a huge invalidation of um, our feelings, I think, just as a black nation. Um, I I know you touched on it earlier on to say that it would, you know, mental health illnesses would be looked at as a a white man's, you know, or white woman's disease, uh, so to speak. Where does this come from where as black people, you must know how to hold on and to bear it and to um, overcome it. Whereas if the same thing happened to a white peer, it, you know, the same black community would say, but you know how soft they are. They, they, can't, they can't handle life. Look, if you, if, if you think about the different needs that we have, and people can go and read up about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. at, the, at the bottom line, it's about survival. It's about just getting a sense of security, shelter, and food for you to be able to survive. And when you are at survival mode, the idea that you could say, I don't feel like it, or I'm not okay, or I am using alcohol to just divert attention from putting in the hard work to be able to survive mm-hmm. and uh, provide security for my family, it's considered a luxury. And our uh, we need to be we need to be able to admit as a society as a community that we tend to also expect that given the hardship that as black people you go through in terms of poverty and other things we tend to be a bit hard we take a very uh, intolerant and also a very desensitized and an insensitive perspective mm-hmm. to people who are struggling with it let's mm-hmm. look at the fact that we always joke even on this show that each family has got that uncle who's an alcoholic who's not yeah. working who's mm-hmm. like a bomb of the black sheep of the family. And we never even acknowledge that that uncle might be struggling with depression. We would use a label that actually humorizes it and minimizes the fact that they're struggling with a mental health issue. But also, we also recognize that the money, the facilities, the resources that goes with attending to mental health issues, for a lot of black communities out there, black people out there, they cannot afford them. It is sort of like, if you are going to admit that there's a problem, there are other resources that are readily available for you to remedy it. And even a safe space is to talk about it in a way that could come up with solutions to help you cope with it. Because otherwise, who is able to afford a psychologist? You don't have medical aid. You're not able to walk to where the community center is and speak to a social worker. It looks like even the support that is possible is unreachable. And then finally, the cultural connotations with it. We tend to be this, um, to, to have sensitivities around mm-hmm. it because that might mean that uh, you have a calling and that yeah. you're going to be a traditional hina. And if, you're, uh, if you are Christian and you understand that half or that they have been calling. We feel like yeah. it's associated with the ancestors and traditional things. And the yeah. taboo around that issue. And we don't necessarily go out and source the right kind of help to the right sure, kind of people sure, for them sure. to be able to advise us. Yeah. We'll take a quick break, Doc, and we'll continue in that vein. Um, Dr. Matenchi sure. joins us on the line. We're talking about mental health issues and, um, you know, black parents undermining the mental, the mental health uh, in their kids. How do you relate to this? Um, either in the way you grew up on how you're applying yourself as a parent now. Mm. You can send us your voice notes 071-585-6157. It is Personal Mastery. We continue today talking about uh, mental health issues and how we relate that to the context of black parents and either what you've experienced growing up or how you are parenting and how you relate to these issues 
maybe at first you didn't realize that your child needed some sort of help in whatever way and uh you had some sort of enlightenment now we got a tweet here doc from uh, ndini79 and it kind of relates in some way ndini wants to know at what age can a boy child start seeing a psychologist in connection with uh, perhaps adolescence as a stage thank you in advance that is the tweet that comes through and i, I guess we're dealing here with somebody who's aware that mm. you need to pay attention to your child their behavior and all of that stuff um i'm an educational psychologist by training and profession we start seeing children from the age of two at the age of two the issue isn't necessarily about mental illness it might be because of developmental lags mm. it might be because of the child has jumped the stage and instead of the parent being usually being able to recognize that this child has got a problem they might say oh hype or you know um and part of the reason we started that age is because of early intervention is much more effective than simply just ignoring the problem until the person has reached the teenage years secondly when you are seeing a child irrespective of age that you are concerned about how they are developing how well adjusted they are and how they are coping with whatever challenges that might happen be happening to them whether it's because of adolescent or because of the changes that are happening within the family structure it is important for you to recognize your own capability to help the child if you can't then you're realizing you're not effective in getting help and getting through to the child seek professional help don't just focus on no it's too age to see a psychologist mm. it never is if i can say a two-year-old who tells me that that the teachers at school were preparing her for for speaking then you can understand that at that time the child is able to speak out sometimes as they grow older they learn to adapt they learn that if i speak about my problems my parents are going to say i want attention or they must exercise whatever demons that are in me so watch the language that you were using if you see that this child is needing help and it's outside of a capacity to be able to deal with it go and seek professional help. Don't be shy, don't be embarrassed. It's important that you intervene early rather than later. Mm. Doc, as we try and uh, improve the way we manage uh, the various situations we find our things in life, uh, how should we as parents, uh, black parents, um, do things better as we, as we wrap our conversations? Be mindful of the language that you use. Even if you have discomfort about what you are saying about yourself and about your child and about your family, more often when you're seeing a psychologist, they will actually coach you in terms of how to approach the subject. Now, if you are going to refer your child, for example, to a psychologist, more often you'll have a conversation with the psychologist, at least over the phone when you're making the the appointment or as part of an intake interview. The invitation usually is that for you to say to your child, I, as your parent, am struggling with being able to deal with what's happening, whether it's about school or the fact that we're getting a divorce or the fact that mama and papa are always fighting. Mm-hmm. We are struggling to cope with the others. That is why we are seeking help. We don't ever refer a child to say, you have a problem because you are hyperactive, because of ustont, because of last hour failure. We always try for the parents to be able to recognize that they are the ones struggling, even if you're aware that there's an issue that the child is having. This way, it gives the psychologist who's going to intervene a child a fair chance to build a bond and to build a rapport.
call. The third thing that I want to highlight as parents is that when you are sending your child, it is important to allow for that relationship with the therapist to be established. So you're not necessarily going to get feedback at each and every at each and every stage. However, there is what we call parent guidance. We will be called, given the child's comfortability to be able to disclose some of the things with you. We will be able to call you and give you parent guidance and give you tips on how the child is progressing, but also what role you can play. It's important that you understand just because you've gone for three sessions doesn't mean now you must say, oh, one of psychology is expensive, it should be okay. Mm. Therapy takes time, just like it does with adults. So give it the patience it requires, and yes, it is very expensive because you're going to be paying a couple of times for quite a number of years with some cases. And with other times, because children are extremely resilient and flexible, you might find that they adapt very quickly and you actually stop therapy sooner rather than later. Mm. Doc, um, always powerful, the conversations you have with us. Thank you very much for once again taking us there. And we appreciate your time. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Have a good week, guys. Bye. You too, Thank Doc. You have much. a fabulous week ahead. Dr. Tsepiso Matenji, she's available on uh, Twitter at T Matent. You can also just engage her there as well. She's back next Monday.